Good morning. So this month, Pastor Justin is speaking on serving, and we wanted to highlight and kind of spotlight a couple different things that are going on in our church in regards to serving. So I'm going to invite Abby Crom up here this morning, and she's going to share with you um, what her small group is doing in regards to serving. Thank you, Katie. Hi, Grace. Again, my name is Abby, and I wanted to share with you something that our small group is doing out in Bayfield. As an encouragement, as Justin continues our sermon series on serving. So late last year, one of our members, Veronica Lassiter, shared with us a dream of hers of giving out a graced gift basket um, to a member of our community. And the idea is just to share God's word and God's love with a community member um, that's been on our hearts. And so at the beginning of the year, we adopted this idea and we started gifting out baskets. Um, The first basket that we put out was a literal basket filled with goodies that was specific to the receiving family. We each contributed a unique item that would kind of spark some of their joy. For instance, one of the family members likes to fly fish. And so Cole Davis handmade a couple of flies to put in there. So that was Um, pretty special to them. Uh, Another basket that we did wasn't actually a basket at all. It was a gift card to a local um, restaurant to uh, a family that we thought could use a date night. And so we accompanied that with a gift card for babysitting as well um, from one of our members that knew them personally. So it wasn't weird. Um, Uh, the point of the gift baskets is to be unique and to be special and to let somebody in our community know that we are thinking of them, that we are praying for them, um, and that God loves them. And so we just wanted this to be an encouragement to you all as something easy and small that can share um, the love of Jesus. So as we continue to hear from Pastor Justin, as we continue to hear from the Holy Spirit, I hope this is an encouragement to you guys and to your small groups on how we can serve our community. for sharing. Um, Man, just simple ways of service and simple acts of kindness can go so far. And uh, if you would join me in prayer this morning, and uh, we were going to get into the message. Father, thank you for life. Thank you for this opportunity to to gather. Thank you for the songs of worship that we just sung. And and thank you for leading people to serve and to demonstrate and to show the evidence of the love that you have for people. And I just pray that this would continue more and more and we would see more and more evidence of your love for this community and for the people of this community. And I pray that you would use us to demonstrate that love. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, welcome to Grace Church. It's so great to have you. And I actually want to extend a very special welcome to those of you that are watching online. I just uh, was thinking this week, it's, it's just a It's just cool. It's cool that we have technology to be able to show our services and what's happening to people that can't be here, people that are on vacation. And uh, so I want to welcome those of you that are watching online. Um, We've actually had people that um, are watching our services in Texas, um, people in California, um, people here in Colorado. Um, We have some family and friends that are watching in Ohio. And we even had some people tune in from the land down under all the way in Australia, which is pretty awesome. So it's, I just think it's neat that we have this technology and that we're trying to leverage it um, and to communicate the love of Jesus with people. So thanks for watching online. We welcome you, and uh, we pray that God speaks to you and continues to speak to you through the services here at Grace Church. So we are in 
week two of a three-week series called Serving. And, and last week, I threw down a challenge. And that challenge was to read Isaiah chapter 58 um, through this entire series. And uh, it was going to be 15 days if you started last Sunday. Um, and so I just want to encourage you, I want to remind you of that, to read Isaiah chapter 58. I think it will change you. I think it will encourage you. And uh, I wanted to share a story with you. This past week, a mom actually uh, shared a story uh, with my bride, Trisha. And uh, Trisha shared it with me. And I said, can I share this with the church? Because I think it's that cool. She said, absolutely. And so um, a mom in our church actually walked into her daughter's bedroom. And, and uh, it was early in the morning because they have to catch the bus to go to school. And her daughter was doing her quiet time and was reading the scriptures. And so the mom walked into the bedroom and said, um, what are you reading? And her daughter said, Isaiah chapter 58. That's what I'm talking about, all right? Now listen, <clears throat> all right? She said, Mom, there's some pretty big words in this chapter, but uh, I took the challenge, and, and Pastor Justin kind of helped to explain, you know, what some of these words mean last week. Um, but how cool is that, that young people in our church are taking the challenge to be in God's word? I think that's incredible, and I believe it's God's word that will change hearts and change minds and change lives. And so I'm so excited to share that with you. So even if you didn't start last week, even if you completely ignored my challenge and you were just a big baby and didn't want to take the challenge, you can start today, all right? You can start reading Isaiah chapter 58, and I encourage you to do so. So if you start today, it's actually eight days, all right, that you can read Isaiah 58. And it will speak to you. So last week, we saw in that chapter what will impress God every time. What is it that will impress God every time? Isaiah chapter 58. Verses are going to be on the screen. Um, You're more than welcome. We would invite you to open your Bibles and to read along with us. If you don't have a Bible, we would love to give you a Bible of your own today. So after the service, go to the connect table in the lobby. Just say, I would love a Bible. We we, We will happily give you one. So Isaiah chapter 58, 6 and 7 said, Isaiah says this. This is what impresses God every time. This is the kind of fasting in the context of this chapter. This is the kind of fasting or the kind of spiritual work that impresses God. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind people. Now catch this, share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them and do not hide from relatives who need your help. And so we learned that God cares deeply about the plight of the poor, that God cares deeply about broken people. He cares deeply about people who are far from Jesus. He has a huge heart for them. We also saw in Isaiah chapter 58 the promises from God when we choose to spend ourselves in service to others. Now listen, God has a heart for the broken. God has a heart for the poor, and he wants us to have a heart for them as well. Listen to the promises. I want to remind you, this is from last week. When we choose to spend ourselves in service to others, we will have joy and healing, protection, answers to our prayers, provision, guidance, 
soul satisfaction, like an ever-flowing spring. There's, there's nothing that, I can't think of anything else that satisfies your heart more than serving someone and making someone else's life better and strength in times of weakness. Incredible promises from God. Today we're going to talk some more about the benefits of serving. And my objective, my hope, is that every single one of us will actually begin to realize and get to the place where we think, I would be crazy not to serve. Because this is like, this is just expected from Christ followers. This is, this is our response to, to the goodness of God. This is just something that should happen in the lives of Christians. And I'm trying to remind us of that and help us as a church to demonstrate God's love more and more. You know, as I was reading my Bible, I came across this verse in 1 John chapter 3, in verse 1. And it says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. John, an apostle of Jesus, reminds us about the great love that God the Father has. He's poured out on us. And how through Jesus Christ, we can be called children of God, sons and daughters of God. And as I read this verse, it made me think about my role as a father. I too, like God, am a father. And I love, love being a dad. I love it. But I began to think about this and I was reminded and realized you know, being a dad is just never paid well, though. <laughs> I think you dads would agree with me, you know? Like, the hours are just illegally long, you know? And uh, it's turning my hair gray. It's actually made my hair fall out. And I know looking at some of you, it's like, okay, I know you're a dad. Because <laughs> it just is all over your face, man. But I love the job of being a dad. I love it. I grew up in a loving, nurturing family. My dad was not afraid to hug me. My dad was not afraid to say the words, I love you. So when I had four boys of my own, my my heart was captivated with love for them. And I wanted to love them the way that I had been loved. I wanted to show them great love, and I still still do. (laughs) I still want to show them great love. That was my experience growing up, and It kind of just, you could even say it came a little bit natural for me, but I know there's some of us who didn't have that experience. You may have grown up in a home where you didn't hear the words, I love you. You may have grown up in an environment where, you know, uh, an embrace was just not done. Maybe you never experienced a hug from your dad or maybe even your mom. But you know, you can change that. You can change that. And what I'm trying to communicate is, you know, what what Abby shared with us is just some simple ideas of service. But what I've learned is I, I believe people have the desire to serve, but sometimes they just don't know how or where to begin. And so first of all, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down, that serving can start by loving your family. Like, that's a, that's a great place to start. It can start by loving your spouse and, and, and serving your spouse. 
It can start by serving your kids. It can start by serving your siblings, okay? It can start by loving your family, and this is a great way to start serving. And Listen, when you commit to show up for your family, for your kids, you'll discover pretty quickly that God will multiply your capacity for love. He will show you what it looks like to, to love, and regardless of how little or how much love came your way from your parents, God will help you to overflow with love with every child, every family member that's entrusted to you. And, you know, I was thinking back as I was writing the sermon when my boys, you know, were babies, and Trisha and I would just sit, the, you know, they were on the floor and, or maybe in those little bouncy chairs, you know, and they're grabbing their toes and they're making all kinds of fun noises and they would just provide entertainment for hours, you know? And I know, parents, you can relate to this. I know when I watch my boys, um, you know, playing sports and they demonstrate good sportsmanship or when they show kindness to another human being, man, it makes my heart swell with pride. When I, when, when I see my boys from a distance, like they could be with a group of, of boys and they, they have their back to me and they're just walking in a distance, I can pick out which one is my boy because I can tell how they walk. And I, I, I've been watching them. I've been nurturing them. I, I care about them. And I can, I can say, that's, oh yeah, there, there he is. That's my boy right there. Parents, you, you know these feelings. You, you know this experience. You can relate. You see, God expands our hearts. He multiplies the love that we have for our children. And and you know this. This is nothing new. I'm told that the love of a grandparent is actually even deeper and wider and stronger. Like, I, I don't know how that's possible, okay? But this is what I've been told, is that the love of a grandparent is like another level. And I'm, I'm excited for that. Just down the road, much further down the road. <laughs> and my wife just said, amen, amen. I don't have to teach you about the incredible love of a father or of a mother. What I want to do right now is I want to focus on the first word that we read in in 1 John chapter 3. The first word that we read is the word see. Okay, other translations will say look or behold. But the point is, is there is great evidence as to the love that God has for us. We, We can point to it. We, we can see it. Um, we can see visibly how much God loves us. There's great evidence. Okay? He said, see what lavish love the Father has poured out on his children. It's obvious. Now, here's the hard part. It should be the same way with how we love each other. Like it, it, there should be great evidence with how we love. We should be able to point to things like, I'm not just giving you word service. I'm not just saying I love you. Like, this is the proof to back up my love for you. This is the evidence. Man, it should be visible. Can you see it? Let's let's briefly consider the evidence of God's love for us, all right? So if everybody could just do me a favor for just a moment. Everybody just take a deep breath. Okay, one more time, one more time. Real big, deep breath. Like, through your nose, out your mouth. All right, ready? Ready? Ah, I got to 
Feels good, doesn't it? That's the love of God. That's evidence of God's love for you. You're alive. You have air to breathe. When you walk out of here this morning and you look at the mountains, that's evidence of God's love. You see, God also came from heaven in the form of Jesus Christ. And Jesus left the comforts of heaven and he entered the battlefield of earth. And that was evidence of the love of Jesus. And Jesus didn't ride in on a high horse. He actually came to serve. Not to be served, the scripture teaches us. He came to serve. That is evidence of the love of God. And then he went further. Jesus gave his life so that you and I could be set free from our brokenness and set free from our shame and from our guilt and from our fear and from our anger and from our bitterness. But the greatest news of all is after three days of being dead, Jesus came back to life. And that is great evidence of the love of Jesus. And when you believe and walk in this truth that Jesus died and came back to life, you are a child of God. See, the love of God is all around us. There's great evidence to the love of God for us. So I have to ask you, what about your role as a parent? What about your role as a friend? What about your role as a, a brother or a sister in Christ? Could it be said, see, behold, look, Look, look at the love. Look at the evidence of the love of dad. Look at the evidence of the love of mom. Look, look at the evidence. Look at the proof of the love that I have for my friends. Here's the evidence of the love that we have for each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. Here's the proof. Here's the evidence. Not only do some of us, I, I get it, you know, not only do some of us have a hard time like expressing our love, but we also struggle putting our love into action. So how can we live our lives? The question is, is how can we live our lives in, in such a way that people see it? I went to Bible college in Missouri. It was referred to as the show me state. I'm not going to believe it until I see it, you know? And honestly, that is so foundational to most people. They, they aren't going to believe it until they see it. And I believe the greatest way to demonstrate the love of God is to serve so we can visibly show the goodness of God. There is great evidence of God's love. Is there great evidence of your love? Let me put it this way. If you were to put your love on trial, you know, the love that you have and the love that you demonstrate, would you be found guilty? And right now what we're going to do is we're going to honor, we're going to celebrate a couple in our church that have been found guilty, okay? They have been found guilty of demonstrating wonderful acts of service, incredible love. And so I'm going to invite Pastor Keith to come up, and he's actually going to share a little bit. There you are. <laughs> he's going to share a little bit about this, all right? Yeah, this is so fun. So last week we got to celebrate the yellows. You guys were here. That was awesome. This week, this family 
you know them because you see them. There's evidence. They're guilty week after week. It's someone that serves closely with me. Um, they have been committed to serving as long as they've been here. And they've been here quite a while. It's really fun that we get to brag a little bit. We wish we could brag on all of you. We can't, so we highlighted this one couple. Before we put the picture up, here's what we're going to do to celebrate them. I mean, they're getting it done, so we need to celebrate. We need to brag all together. So imagine this. All right. I don't know who your favorite band, do they even have bands anymore? Favorite singer, whatever. <laughs> imagine that you've got tickets to see your favorite band. Okay, and we're all here together at the concert. It, it took forever. Save up money. Ticketmaster ripped you off. Whatever. <laughs> we're all here. It's dark. The opening act is done. The lights are down. Okay, when we put this picture up, it's going to be like when they finally take the stage and the lights come up. Okay? So you're going to stand and you're going to cheer like you would for whoever it is, Justin Bieber. I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. Um, Everybody ready for this? Okay, and we're going to celebrate the way we should be celebrating all of the volunteers in our church. just happens to be this couple. I don't have to name them. You're going to see the picture and know. You ready? You ready for this? You're going to cheer? Lane and Marsha Conley. They are rock stars, you guys. All right, that was cool. <laughs> rock stars. Um, I don't have to spend forever telling you what they do. You see Marsha up here playing mandolin, flute, guitar, bass, drums, yeah, uh, soon. Anyway, she's up here every week playing. Back in the booth, Lane is serving hardcore, pressing that button, making sure everything's working. Uh, we're so thankful for them, their dedication. I think we have another picture we can look at. I don't know if you realize, besides being ridiculously good-looking to be up on this platform, I mean, you have to really put in like seven, eight, ten hours a week, seriously, um, putting things in at home, practicing, not to mention the worship and tech teams. All the other things they've been doing to serve these past years, they've been part of partnering with us at our church Marsha is leading a women's Bible study on Thursday mornings. Awesome. They're studying Revelation. I'm sure she can just show up and do that, right? She doesn't have to study at home at all. They are killing it. They're really doing it. The evidence is abundant. They have a heart for the Lord. They're committed to him. They're committed to all of us. Now we get to cheer one more time. It's actually come up. I didn't want to embarrass them too long, but come on up. They're so amazing that we gave them the gift in the first service, and they brought it back so we could give it again. That's incredible. Come on up, Lane and Marsha. We love you guys. We appreciate Seriously, we appreciate you. We could not do it without you. We have this little gift for you again. Um, thanks for serving. Thanks for loving the Lord the way you do and loving this group of people right here. Give it up one more time for these rock stars. Thank you, guys. picture they really wanted to show right there <laughs> that's awesome thanks for celebrating lane and marcia thank you for your service um the evidence is abundant and uh that was fun um you know what, what i'm what i'm trying to teach us as a church is that all of us can serve 
All of us can. It doesn't have to be something that's done on the stage. As a matter of fact, this is just a small, tiny uh, speck of service. The real service happens when we exit this building. That's when the real service should take place. You know, serving is the highest level of living. The scriptures teach us that the greatest among you will be your servant. And when we spend ourselves on behalf of others, we, we gain the sort of fulfillment that can never be bought with money. It can never be satisfied with stuff. Serving is something that we all can do. So being willing to serve others, it, it can transform your marriage it can transform your business. It can transform your family, your church. It can transform your life personally. It can transform this region. It's what Jesus came to do. He came to serve. And so what I'm going to do with the remainder of our time is I just want to um, highlight some benefits of serving. Once again, just trying to get us all to the point to, to where we think, I would be crazy not to serve, okay? So here's some benefits of serving. Serving, if you're taking notes, hope you are, serving others makes your world bigger. Okay? Serving others makes your world bigger. Listen to the Apostle Paul, Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, okay? Don't make your world small. I got to protect what I have, and I'm just going to, ooh, I'm going to protect. That's that small world thinking. He says, but take an interest in others. It makes your world bigger. Take an interest in others. Secondly, serving builds strong character values in your own life and in the lives around you. Okay, I've been kind of running with the theme of, of parenting this morning, so uh, travel with me, all right? This is going to take just a, a few moments to unpack, but let me ask you, Dad, Mom, um, what happened inside of you that first time your kid really messed up, like outright lied to you? The first time your, your child disrespected a teacher or, or showed great defiance, like how were you affected by that? Were you caught off guard? Were you like, wow, that's the way I used to be, you know, chip off the old block, you know, is that, is that how you felt, or was it like, uh, you know, did it shock you? Maybe you weren't surprised at all, but most of us as parents, we were taken aback because truth matters to us, right? Truth matters. Respect matters. Um, you know, Truth-telling, um, trust, integrity, like these things are what we want to instill into our children. And these character traits and others like them are important to us because we know that it will affect their future. It will affect their future relationships. It will affect their future marriage. It will affect their career opportunities. It will make a difference. The, instilling these character values into our children matters. We know this. We want our children to begin to realize more and more that speaking the truth, you know, respecting others, building trust, like these are our core values. And that's why, that's why I've done my best, and I know as parents you're doing your best to, to teach your children these things. What I'm trying to communicate is 
when we as parents serve our children in this way, that is a, that's a way to serve our children, to help point them in the right way. It reminds us as parents about these core values. Wow, these are really important. I, I can't tell you how much I've learned, and I know you can relate. As a parent, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's reinforced why I believe what I believe, because I'm trying to disciple and to shepherd and to teach my, my boys the same thing. That's, that's a beautiful way to serve, and it underscores these values in you. You know, one of the most powerful ways we can serve as parents is to direct or to discipline our children to help them go the right direction, to help them go the right way. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 11 says, No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. So even, even you and I, when we're disciplined by God or when we've messed up and we've done something wrong and we've received discipline, it's never pleasant. It's always painful. But then it goes on to say, later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. It's beautiful. And discipline is necessary. It's important. What a beautiful thing for a parent to be used by God to train up a child in the right way. Thirdly, serving deepens your relationship with God. So remember that time when you first held your, your little boy, your little girl for the first time. For me, when my oldest son, Rylan, was born, I can remember the first time I held him. And uh, it actually took a little while. His, his birth was pretty traumatic. But when I was able to hold him for the first time, you know, my thought was, God, help me not to screw this up. <laughs> Please. You know, as children begin to grow, we, we pray for patience, which I'm learning is probably not a good thing to pray for. I'm, I'm changing that idea. But we, we pray for patience, you know, when they cry for hours in the middle of the night. Um, we pray for wisdom to know how to discipline them, how to coach and teach and correct them. And we pray for guidance as they discover their abilities and their interests. And we pray for safety, you know, when they start driving our cars and I know for me this is like a double-edged prayer I was like pray for safety for them but also for my car you know <laughs> like that's kind of how I pray that we, we pray for sanity as they begin the dating process we <laughs> we pray for money as they begin college uh, the point is what I'm what I'm trying to say is parenting will drive us to our knees again and again and again, and you know, one of the greatest ways that we can serve one another is to pray for one another and to drive us to our knees and to lift each other up in prayer. You see, serving is at the root of it all. And then finally, serving points us to Jesus. Okay, when we humbly serve, we get a better glimpse into the heart of Jesus. In the scripture, Jesus is not portrayed as some distant, unapproachable, cosmic force, you know? Like, wow, I don't want to be around him because he's so scary, you know? No, Jesus was shown in the scripture as someone who was close. He was easily approachable. 
He was unconditionally loving. He, it was someone you wanted to be around. It was someone you wanted to spend time with. And the question is, is are we loving and serving like Jesus? I think it's a great question. And I'm going to close with some beautiful words from Peter, a disciple of Jesus. He said this in 1 Peter 4.10. He said, each of you, okay, so he's speaking to all of us. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received. Okay, we, we believe here at Grace Church, I believe to the core, to like the bottom of my toes, that each of us have been gifted by God. And so, whatever gift you have received, it says you are to do what? To serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace. Because see, when you serve, it just shows, I'm so undeserving, I can't even tell you. I'm so undeserving of God's grace. And so I'm going to humbly serve because I'm a faithful steward of that grace. And it's showing you that God loves you in spite of you. He loves you anyways. He loves you even, even though you've done this or you've done that or you're currently doing this or that. He loves you in spite of that. And serving helps to demonstrate the grace of our God. Each of you should use whatever gift you have to serve. And so I'll say this. Like Abby shared, I would ask you, think about the people in your circles of influence. Who's who's someone that needs some encouragement? Who's someone that needs some help? Who's someone that your small group can serve, your Bible study could serve? Let's, Let's put our faith into action so that there is great evidence of God's goodness. I'm going to close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we are so incredibly blessed to be your sons and daughters. Thank you for the love that you pour into our lives so that we can share that love with our spouses, with our kids, with our grandkids, with with other people. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would keep doing the supernatural work in our church that only you can do. We cannot do it. Lord, we trust, we know that you are working behind the scenes. And I pray that you would just continue to move us closer and closer to Jesus and help our hearts to be more and more like yours, Jesus. We know in doing so, that's how we're going to impact this region. That's how we're going to make a difference in this world. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.